Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. This episode is brought to you in part by the I Love Old Time Radio Patreon page. As a Patreon member, you'll help me continue to bring all these great Golden Age shows, upgrade our equipment, keep the website going, and more. Plans start at just $2 a month, but if you pledge $6 or more, you get access to the Vintage Radio Podcast, a look at series that were an hour or more that include Lux Radio Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and the Mercury Theater on the air, just to name a few. To become a member, visit support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Monday's crime does not pay on the shadow. Happy Monday to everyone out there. Hope everyone is having a pleasant and safe holiday season. Now, this episode originally aired on October 12th, 1941. It was the second show of the new season. The first show of the season was called The Headsman of Cameron which exists, but unfortunately is not in circulation. This episode is called The Dragon Tongue Murders. Adventures of the Shadow are on the air. Brought to you each week at this time by your neighborhood blue coal dealer. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Winter is just around the corner. The cool nights and quick drops in temperature we've already had are reminders to fill your coal bin now. And especially this year, it's well to start the season with a big supply. The producers of blue coal foresee no shortage whatsoever of this finest of all hard coal. But present unsettled conditions make it wise to be prepared. Don't wait. Don't put off ordering. Call your neighborhood dealer tomorrow and order your winter supply of blue coal. The shadow mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Several years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and powerful secret, the secret of hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama... 
The Dragon Tongue Murders. reasons for its inception. First, let us go to the apartment of one Jerry Post, fashionable young playboy. Jerry Post is entertaining a visitor, an unwelcome visitor. Get me that money. Now, Max, be reasonable. Where can I get $25,000? What about your mother? Ask her for the money. Uh, No, my mother doesn't think very much of me. She disapproved of my gambling, and this isn't the first time I've been in a spot. Max, you've got to give me more time. Your time is ten days from today. Are you going to do something about it? Perhaps things can be arranged. One spoke is in the wheel of fate. One dagger closer to its resting place. Now let us see the second. It is Jerry's sister, Barbara Post, this time. She is talking to her fiancé, Jack Norcott. Jack, Jack, how can you treat me this way? Better dry your eyes, Barbara. <laughs> Tears never move me. Oh, but you said you loved me, and you wanted to marry me. You did say that, didn't you? All right, Barbara, all right. Let's be frank about this whole business. My father has warned me that if I were to marry into the Post family, there'd be no more money from him. You told me that you have no money until your mother dies. Now, the best thing for us to do is just forget the Wait. whole... No money until my mother dies. What? What did you say? Nothing. Nothing at all. Perhaps things can be arranged. It is said in the Orient that the apple of death falls into three equal parts. Let us now taste of the third part. Thomas Miller, twin brother to Mrs. Post, is calling on an old friend. The Oriental merchant, Wu Long. And what propitious happening has brought you to my humble shop, honorable sir? My sister returns from the Orient tomorrow, Wulong. With her, she brings rare jewel called Light of Orient. Is that not so, Mr. Thomas Miller? How do you know that? I know. 150 years ago, jewel was stolen from sacred temple of Ta'e-La. We of the Wu family have dedicated our lives to its return. Thus far, all have failed. Then perhaps you can succeed where others have failed. I can help you, and you can help me. Continue, honorable sir. I hate my sister. I hate her. All my life she's dominated me. She's been the strong one. I've been the weak. My own twin sister has always been my greatest enemy. It is said that the serpent hates the serpent. When my father died, he left the managing of the estate to her. She's doled out an allowance to me as though I were a poor relation. But with your help, I can change all this. I see. I am to send your twin sister to meet her ancestors. And in return... You will have the jewel. The light of the Orient. I must respectfully beg you to change plan. What? I will not engage in murder of your sister, Mrs. Post. But the jewel... You will get the jewel. Not even for most beautiful, most sacred jewel, Mr. Thomas Miller. All right, Wulong. With your aid or without your aid, perhaps things can be arranged. (laughs) 
Margot, this is going to be one awful weekend for me. Oh, please, Lamont. You don't know what this means to me, to write an article about that famous emerald light of the Orient for style and fashion magazine. Why, it's practically a journalistic scoop. Do you realize that if Mrs. Post hadn't known my Aunt Augusta at Vassar... Margot, do you realize what a bunch of characters these posts are? Well, they have been rather prominent in the scandal sheet. Prominent is putting it mildly. They're all a bit... Well, let's call it peculiar. Hmm. Uh, take Mrs. Post's twin brother, Thomas Miller, for example. It's a well-known fact that he hates his sister like poison. And then there's that good-for-nothing adopted son, Jerry Post. He's been in more scrapes than you... Than, than you can shake a stick at? Yeah, yeah. And Barbara, the daughter. She's adopted, too. I know. And she falls in love regularly and always with the wrong man. Well, she's engaged to a very nice young man now. His name is Jack Norcott, and Mrs. Post approves of him. How do you know that? Mrs. Post told me. I caught her just as she was going through the customs when her ship docked. At first, she refused to talk to me because she thought I was a reporter. But after I mentioned that it... That Aunt Augusta went to Vassar with her? Yes, how'd you know? I'm psychic. Go on. Oh. Well, I explained how important it was for me to get a story about this light of the Orient. So she asked me out for the weekend, and... Oh, I hope she won't mind. Mind what? My bringing you with me. She's very Doesn't abrupt. she know I'm coming? No. I didn't think of it till later. How nice. Lamont Cranston, the uninvited guest. Miss Lane, I've never seen you before in my life. If you don't leave immediately, I shall feel it my duty to turn you over to the authorities. Huh? You see, Margot? You not only forgot to inform Mrs. Post about my arrival, but you also forgot to tell her you were coming. But Lamont... Yeah, now, will you please leave? But don't you remember There I... is no need to continue this farce, Miss Lane. Mrs. Post, I'm sorry that you don't remember our meeting at the pier yesterday. Let's go, Lamont. Oh, forgive me, Mrs. Post. Yes, yes, Face Hunt. But you surely cannot have forgotten Miss Lane. Everything she has related about meeting at pier yesterday and subsequent invitation is quite true. What? Uh, uh, oh, yes, uh, yes, Face Hunt. You're right. Uh, that's quite true. Uh, you see... Uh, I suffer from lapse of memory at times. Uh, please make yourselves at home here. Uh, face on, my companion will show you to your rooms. Uh, uh, please forgive me. Well, what do you say, Lamont? Shall we stay or not? Well, oh, I... Please stay. There is much danger, and I fear for my mistress' life. Danger? Mr. Cranston, there are several who will profit by my mistress' death. Both her adopted children, Mr. Jerry and Miss Barbara, need money. And my mistress has refused. Only by her death can money be obtained through a legacy. And the uncle, uh, what's his name? Thomas Miller. Yes, what about him? He too has quarreled with my mistress and has refused even to stay in the same house with her. He has gone down to stay in small guest house at other end of the estate. So, we have three potential murderers living close to the scene of a crime about to happen, eh? Oh, Lamont. Oh, please, not say that. So much evil has befallen this family name already. I've warned you, Jerry. It's true, isn't it, Barbara? I knew that Norcott guy was only after the post millions. I could kill you for that. <laughs> you could kill... Who are you? Mr. Jerry and Miss Barbara, this is Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston, guests of your mother. Guests? We don't want guests here. Hope you enjoyed the little family scene you just witnessed. I'm sorry, Mr. Post, but we couldn't help overhearing you. <laughs> What's that? Cranston! Oh, yes, Monsieur. Oh, yes. I found this in my room. A dagger. Here, let me see it. It was sticking in the wall over my bed. 
I went to lie down. An oriental dagger, eh? And there seems to be a message wrapped around the hilt. Let's see. It says, Death by the fiery tongue of the dragon to those who covet the emerald, light of the orient. No signature but a drawing of a dragon in red. What does it mean? My jewel. It is not safe. Someone wanted to rob me. You, Jerry, and you, Barbara. You want the jewel. You want to kill me. You both threatened me. Don't be preposterous, Mother. Stop it, you're hysterical. My mystery. Do you not believe legend? Death to those who covet the jewel. You do not covet the emerald. It is yours already. Hence, you are quite safe. Safe? You are sure, Paisan? I will protect you, mistress, with my life. Touching little scene, isn't it? Yes, Mr. Post. I think it is. You know, Margot, this may turn out to be a very exciting weekend after all. But are you not bound by the vows of our house, Faisan? I renounce you, Wulong, my uncle. And I renounce the vows I never took. And yet you came, knowing what I expected of you. The dagger with message to my mistress this afternoon revealed to me your design. You are wise, my niece. I have not been mistaken in your intelligence. I repeat, I will have no part in your evil plan. Oh, yes, my niece. You will do as I say. Listen as I speak. And forget not one thousandth part of one word. The emerald must be returned to the temple of Ta'ela. The post family must die to wipe out the curse of alien hands which have defiled it by their touch. Oh, no. No, I will not do it. My niece, Faisan, you will do this deed, or the fiery tongue of the dragon will wipe your insignificant shadow from the green unpleasant earth. No. No. You weep, Faisan. Tears betoken acquiescence. Yes. You will do as I say. Fire! 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 What's the matter, Mr. Post? Fire! The guest house is on fire. Why, where's the fire? What is it? Jerry! Did you say the guest house, Gary? Yes, look for yourself out that window. There on the other side of the grounds. Lamont, where are you? Uh, here, Margot. Turn on a light, someone. There, that's better. Is there anyone there at the guest house? My brother Thomas. Come on, Post, let's get over there. Oh, it's useless. He's dead by now. What are you talking about? No, you come with me or I'll drag you over there. He's quite right, Mr. Cranston. Thomas must be dead. Well, perhaps he woke in time to escape the fire. He may need no. help. Thomas was in the habit of taking sleeping pills. He probably never knew what happened to him. Well, I must say you're all taking this thing pretty calmly. Much too calmly. I'm putting this whole business in the hands of the police. We pause briefly before we start the second act. It's probable that you'll never have to face the particular problem in our story today. But there is a serious problem that you do have to face, come what may. And that's the problem of keeping warm this winter. Well, heat your home with blue coal. And then you can smile with satisfaction while the cold winds blow. Because with blue cold, you'll enjoy comfortable, even warmth throughout the house, no matter how fierce and biting the weather outside. Blue coal, you know, is the finest of Pennsylvania hard coal. It's delivered to your home in exactly the proper size for your heating plant. So blue coal gives you safe, efficient, and economical heat. 
It's easy to heat with blue coal. And especially if you have the new deluxe blue coal heat regulator. Every home should have one. It's as easy to operate as your electric toaster. It automatically opens and closes the dampers on your furnace and keeps every room at an even temperature at all times. Ask for a free demonstration of the blue coal heat regulator in your own home. And remember the name, blue coal. Blue coal is color marked for your protection with a harmless blue tint. Call your reliable neighborhood dealer tomorrow. He is listed under the words blue coal in your classified phone directory. And now, back to the shadow. It's quite obvious that the fire that destroyed this guest house was aided by gasoline. And it is my belief that murder has been done. If what you say is true, Mr. Cranston, it's a matter for the police and no business of yours. Commissioner Weston has been sent for, Mr. Post. But until he arrives, I'm taking over as his deputy. Now, Mrs. Post, will you be so kind as to tell me why you were fully dressed at four o'clock in the morning? I, uh, I must have fallen asleep with my clothes on. Hmm. You'll just have to take my word. My mother is protecting Faison. She suspects Faison knows a great deal about Uncle Thomas's death. Why do you say that? When I returned home in my car around 3.30, I saw her peering into the window of the guest house. What were you doing there, Faison? That, Mr. Cranston, I will not answer. Well, answer it or not, Faison, this definitely puts you on our list of suspects. Mr. Post. Yes? Did you get out of your car when you saw Faison? No, I didn't. Not till I got to the front of the main house. I see. These tire tracks that lead up to the guest house were made by the tires of your car, Mr. Post. I found them earlier and traced them to you. Also, you will see the imprint of a man's shoe in the soft earth under what was once the side window of the guest house. I've also traced that to you. How do you explain it? I can't explain it. I, I don't know. I may have stopped after all. I don't remember. Hello there! Barbara! And Jack Norcott. Where have you been all night? It's really my fault, Mrs. Post. We ran out of gas over on the island road at about two o'clock. Yes, it took us hours to find a filling station. Say, looks like there's some excitement around here while I was gone. Miss Post, don't you know what has happened? Barbara, Uncle Thomas is dead. Dead? Yeah, burned to death in the guest house. Might as well tell you, dear sister, that we're all under suspicion. Suspicion? Why, I wasn't anywhere near here when the fire started. That's it, dear sister. Establish your alibi. Oh, yes. It's no alibi. We ran out of gas, as we said, and, and we couldn't find a filling station. Miss Post, isn't that a stain of gasoline on your coat? Huh? It still smells quite plainly of gasoline. Uh, why, yes. Yes, you see, when I helped Jack carry the gas back to the car, some spilled on my coat. That's very interesting, Miss Post, because gasoline was used to start the fire that caused your uncle's death. I'm holding you also as a suspect. <laughs> This whole thing has Commissioner Weston confused, Margot. Well, I can understand that, Lamont. He says Mrs. Post is the logical victim. Everyone had a motive to kill her. But she turns up as one of the suspects. I'll have to agree with him on that, too, Lamont. Perhaps, Margot, some of this puzzle might be unraveled if the shadow paid Mrs. Post a visit. Tell me, Faison, what were you doing at the guest house when Jerry saw you peering in one of the windows? Since you commanded, my mistress, I will tell you. Do you not recall that after quarrel with your brother, he left in anger to spend weekend in guest house? Yes. 
Then telephone call came from him asking you to come last night as he had matter of great importance to discuss. Later, I fear he might do you great harm, so I went in search of oh, you. Oh, yes, yes. But I decided not to go and called him back and told him that if he wanted to talk to me, he could come here. <laughs> what was that? That still does not explain one very important thing, Mrs. Post. I heard a voice. It is a voice of evil spirit. No, Faisan. It is the voice of the shadow, whose mission is to fight evil. I can't see you. No, I have cast a mist of hypnosis over your mind, which makes me invisible. What do you wish of us? The truth, Faisan. Mrs. Post... Why were you not in your bed at four o'clock this morning? I was too nervous to sleep. I, I half expected my brother Thomas to come here as I had asked him to, and I waited in the library. I must have fallen asleep. I see. Shadow, if you are indeed friend of good, you will believe my mistress. She is telling you the truth. Mrs. Post. Mrs. Post. What shall I do, Shadow? Answer him. What do you want, Commissioner Weston? Down to the library right away. We're getting everyone together, and we're going to settle this case once and for all. I shall be down immediately. Well, Shadow... Are you satisfied that I am innocent of my brother's death? Your explanation seems logical, Mrs. Post. But I have only your word for it. Remember that the shadow has ways of finding the truth. This is ridiculous. You Mr. can't prove anything. How long is this silly question going to continue? Quiet. Quiet. Now, wait a minute. That's better. Uh, if you'll pardon me, Commissioner. Oh, what do you want, Cranston? It's just occurred to me that none of us has seen this fabulous emerald that there's been so much talk about. Now, look, Cranston, I'm running this business. Uh, hear me out, Weston. As if I could help it. Go right ahead. Perhaps you haven't heard the legend of the emerald called the Light of the Orient, Commissioner. The legend goes, death by the fiery tongue of the dragon to those who covet the jewel. That's a now, wait a minute, story. please. Where is the emerald? Mrs. Post, have you looked at it since you arrived? Uh... I know I, I haven't. Well, suppose it's stolen. Stolen? Mrs. Post, would you mind producing the emerald, please? The emerald? Um, uh, why, Fesson, uh, get the emerald and bring it here. Why, mistress, it is here, in oh. this room. Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, get it, Fesson. But, mistress, it is in the safe. And you warn me no one is to touch safe but you. You mean you'd trust a priceless jewel like that in that old cracker box behind the picture? Why, even I know the combination to that old thing. Why, I've known it since I was ten years old. Here, here, I'll show you. You just press this button here, and, and there the picture slides away, like this. There, that's the safe. Ah! That face! What that is it, Mr. Post? What's the matter? Oh, that face I saw. A face pressed against the window. A horrible oriental face. Oh, you see. Must be your imagination, No, Mr. I tell you, I saw a face. Now, don't worry, Mrs. Post. I've got my men surrounding the house. If there was anyone there, he'll be caught. My mother, Commissioner Weston, has a very vivid imagination. Shall I open the safe? Yes, Barbara, open it. Right. Now, turn ten to the right. Six to the... What happened? What has happened to Barbara? Oh, call a doctor, somebody. Just a moment. I'm afraid it's too late for a doctor. Mrs. Post... Your daughter is dead. We examined the safe, Margot, and found it to be some sort of a burglar catching device that got Barbara Post when she worked the combination. The purpose of the burglar catcher was to send in an alarm and hold the criminal until the police came. But she was killed by it. Well, the doctor said death was caused more by heart failure than the shock she received. Well, why didn't Mrs. Post warn her? Or have her turn off that burglar catcher when she opened the safe. Well, that's what's got Weston up a tree. Mrs. Post disclaimed 
any knowledge of the device that killed her daughter. That doesn't seem likely. No, it doesn't. It's true, nevertheless. That occurrence proves something to me that's been bothering me ever since we came here. What's that, Lamont? I can't tell you just now, Margot, because I've work to do. Tonight, the shadow is going to force the murderer to strike again to cover up his tracks. <laughs> Jerry Post, the murderer is known. One person in this house will reveal him to the police. <laughs> Mrs. Post, the conscience of the one person who can point to the real murderer will cause the capture of the killer. me from darkness of my room. It is the shadow. The shadow? You have returned? What do you wish of me? I have come to warn you, Faisan, that tonight an attempt will be made on your life. You know who the murderer is, and the murderer will attempt to silence the only one who knows. Well, yes, I know. It is my uncle Wulong. He has been here tonight. My mistress saw his face at window. He has vowed to kill his family and regain the jewel for the temple of Taela. He will try to kill me because I will not help him. No, Faisan. You're not telling the truth. It is not your uncle that you suspect. Yes. Yes, Shadow. No. And the person you suspect is not the murderer. Oh. Can I believe that what you say is true? You must trust me. The person you suspect is not the murderer. Oh. Will you help me trap the murderer? To apprehend the murder is to protect the life of my beloved mistress. I am willing. We have waited at least an hour, Shadow, here in darkness, and no one has come. Quiet. Hey, son, I think our murderer is approaching your room now. I suspect was not the murderer. You have deceived me. Weren't you trying to murder Face Hand to cover your crime forever? I don't know what you're talking about. Face Hand, you surely don't believe this. Oh, no. No, mystery. Face Hand, I promised you that the person you thought to be the murderer would not be the murderer. Yes. You really believed it to be your mistress? Yes. Then Mrs. Post is innocent. Mrs. Post is dead. Oh, no. And this is her twin brother, Thomas Miller, who killed her and proceeded to impersonate you her. You don't believe that, Face Hand? No. Now we'll just take that wig of yours, Mr. Miller. Oh! Thomas Miller! Yes, Thomas Miller. Oh, then it is my mistress who is dead. Yes, I killed her. Oh. All my life I've hated her. Oh, no. I would have had everything, everything that belonged to me if it hadn't been for you. Well, you're not turning me over to the police. I'll fix that. Drop that gun, Miller. <laughs> no! <laughs> So you see, Margot, Mrs. Post was murdered by her twin brother before we got there. Later, he destroyed her body in the fire. And it was really Thomas Miller posing as his twin sister who met us at the door when we arrived. Yes, Margot. That's why you get the cold reception. But I wasn't really suspicious until Mrs. Post, or, or rather her twin brother, didn't know where the emerald was kept. That's right. 
It was right there in the library safe. And she, I mean, he didn't know about that burglar catcher either. No. Mrs. Post must have had it installed secretly and hadn't even told Faye Sand, whom she trusted. Oh, what a horrible bunch of people. I'll never ask to go on another weekend, Lamont. <laughs> Not even to write an article for Style and Fashion magazine? Oh, I forgot to tell you. I called the magazine on the phone just before we left to drive back to the city. And they don't want the article. Don't want it? No, they said it was too lurid for a woman's magazine. They said it belonged to some detective magazine. So I did. So you did what? Sold it to a detective magazine. Got more money, too. <laughs> Mario, you're wonderful. <laughs> In a moment, you'll hear an episode from real life proving that crime does not pay. But before we get to that, you'll be interested, I know, in what Blue Coal's distinguished home heating expert, Mr. John Barclay, has to say. Mr. Thank Barclay. you. Friends, the world is so complicated nowadays that often we make complications where none should exist at all. For example, the economical operation of a home heating plant is really very simple. That is to say, it's simple provided you get started right. That's the clue. Because when you don't get started right, you're quite likely to run into one difficulty after another. Soon you're discouraged, you know you're spending more money than you should, and worst of all, your house is uncomfortable, either too hot or too cold. Now, that's making complications where none should exist. Take pains to get started right, and you'll have no trouble. Now, here's my suggestion. Call your reliable blue coal dealer and he'll send an expert John Barclay-trained serviceman to your home at no charge. He'll check your heating plant thoroughly and start you on a comfortable and economical season. Call him tomorrow before cold weather is upon us. You'll be delighted to discover how much easier and how much more efficient it is to heat your home the easy blue coal way. Phone your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. Thank you. Today's program is based on a copyrighted story. The characters' names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Direct from real life, we now bring you conclusive proof that crime does not pay. <coughs> New York City, New York. Lyman Fennell, tough, bold gangster gunman, hoped to make a big robbery hall in a prominent New York club. Yeah, this is the apartment I want. Hey, you, give me the key. No, no, Shut up! No. <sighs> yeah, that'll hold you. You won't get away with a gunman, Vanell. Death is waiting. They'll never catch me. Here's my car. I gotta get away. Can't find the key. They're too close. I won't go back. I can't face prison. My gun. I gotta do it. So, by his own hand, Lyman Fennell paid the price of crime. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you one of the strangest and most baffling of adventures in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen, and be sure to phone your friendly blue coal dealer for greater heating comfort at less cost. So don't forget, keep the home fires burning with blue coal. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. 
I like this story, but this was a strange way to play the old twin routine, since the twins were brother and sister, and not two brothers or two sisters, and would be typical of fraternal twins, not identical twins. It is possible that, although extremely rare, to have identical twins of different genders. However, while the fire may have reduced the body to bone, male skeletons and female skeletons are different, and any doctor would have been able to distinguish between the two. And if you think the fire could have destroyed the bones, well, think about this. A house fire burns between 100 and 600 degrees Fahrenheit, and it takes 1,500 to 1,900 degrees Fahrenheit to cremate someone. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.